We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, I think this is her first time on the pod proper. I know we've done pregame and hangover time. Tiffany Weeks. Hey, first time visitor, long time listener. <laughs> first time, long time. Uh, I'm glad we got to finally do this. It's tough. And listen, Tiff, t- like just like Alf, Tiff's doing hangover time every day. Like there's a, And now the schedule. Tiff, I don't know if you've seen your schedule, but. There's a lot of back to backs. <laughs> I know it's. It, I got. I got it. You know, did locker room on Monday, hot on Tuesday. I'm. I'm doing this today. Wednesday is hot. <laughs> <laughs> and then th- yeah, at least you have Thursday off. Yes. Um, but we are here to talk about a very important thing, which is uh, propagating Jimmy Butler's MVP candidacy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, I'm glad that this Tiff has taken legs because I think us and Heat Twitter have kind of been like. You know, whispering like, "Hey, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Jimmy Butler should be, you know, some, uh, some recognition for MVP." Blah blah blah. And I think it's it's kind of gotten some national traction. I mm-hmm. think you know, I saw Kendrick Perkins talking about it on, on ESPN, and I think that there's some national writers kind of thinking, "Hmm, there's a." I think when they got to eleven of their last ten, and I know that we're oftentimes like really critical of the team, right? And we kind of look at what's wrong a lot of the time and what could be better. But Tiff, I think one of the things that's going right unequivocally is what Jimmy Butler's doing. Right. He, you know, he needed, um, he needed rest. You know, sadly, the rest came while he was recovering from an ankle and COVID. But he looks fresh. Um, 
It's so funny because I, I said the other night, I think um, after we did hangover time, I said, there's always talk about who would you pick to start your team? And a lot of people say Luca and they say Harden. Um, and, you know, it goes on and on. They try to, you know, and then the, the older guys would be uh, Durant, um, LeBron. And it's interesting because, you know, how many of these people that they're picking have led a, you know, good, a little bit above average, let's be realistic, team to the finals? I mean, Tiff, I tweeted out kind of in jest, um, kind of, you remember that post that, that Nick Ryder saying like, you know, at their apex, mm-hmm. can we really say that Julius Randle is better than Chris Bosch or whatever, right? The answer is yes, right? And then, so I kind of made made fun of that a little bit by saying, you know, can we really argue that Derrick Rose, that peak Derrick Rose is better than apex Jimmy Butler? And like, you look at kind of exactly what you're saying, the guy that led them to the finals that played toe to toe with the best player of our generation. Mm-hmm. How many, how many people can really say that? Exactly. No one. I, I I mean, he, you know, it's because we are stat gaudy. No, he doesn't put up James Harden numbers and he's never going to put up James, James Harden numbers. But then the other side of it is, is James Harden going to put up Jimmy's defensive numbers? No. So, you know, so, so, so there's where I always look at Jimmy's value a lot higher than I look at other people because he delivers on both ends of the court night in and night out. He's a guy that I think that this league, I think part of what you're saying, and, and I think there's a larger conversation about like the fantasy basketballification of the league and how everything is numbers and everything is like, well, you know, points, rebounds, right? And Jimmy's doing well. I mean, right. in this kind of stretch, 23 points, eight rebounds, nine assists, two steals. That's that's funny. <laughs> right. Um, but they've gone 15 and six. Mm-hmm. They're winning games. Um and I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not a guy like talks about the, somebody's leadership, but I think it's clear right. as a leader, what he's doing on the court to these young guys, to, to all these people and they're winning games. The defense is second in the league mm-hmm. since he's, uh, it's just funny. They slipped a little yesterday. I don't know how that happened. Right. I mean, they, they totally <laughs> held the Orlando. They, they, they went down a couple of percentage points, but, um, they're second and they have the second best defense in that span. They're 15 and six and they were six and 12 before that. And I think right. that if you're going to have an honest conversation on who's the most valuable player in the league this year, you can't not look at what's happening here and say right. like they were an awful basketball team before mm-hmm. he started playing significant minutes. And now they're a really good basketball team. Right. Because I think the I've always thought like MVP, it's been misconstrued. Because a lot of people like to say, oh, the best player in the league is blah, blah, blah. Therefore, they're MVP. But the best player in the league sometimes doesn't have to do as much as other players. You know, um, if you really look at it, when if we're talking about LeBron, he spends most of his time with AD. So LeBron doesn't have to carry his team on the defensive end because you've got, you know, You've got AD. You've got a top five player in the NBA backing you up. You look at the Nets. The Nets have Harden, Kyrie, and KD. So on any given night, one of those guys, don't, they don't have to show up. But if you take Jimmy off this team, they're not a top four seed at all. 
And I, I think that sometimes the conversations like that can skew a little bit unfair to like kind of middling good teams, right? Like obviously if you take Damian Lillard off the Blazers, you know, they fall off a cliff, right? But, mm-hmm. da- you know, nobody's going to argue that Damian Lillard's better than, you know, LeBron or, or Anthony Davis, right? right? Like it, that, that's not what I don't. And I think sometimes people misconstrued that and mm-hmm. they just kind of like, well, if this guy is not playing. Um, but Jimmy is a guy that and I know it's a regular season award, but. I mean, the, what he's asked to do on both ends of the floor without his second best player in BAM, he's right. missing already four straight games. Right. And I mean, Tiff, I, I don't want to sound like me. I mean, obviously they've missed them, mm-hmm. but I mean, we've seen what they look like without BAM and we've seen what they've looked like without Jimmy. Right. And boy, is it more noticeable when Jimmy's not there. Right. No, Jimmy's the most important player on this team. That, like without a doubt. Without a doubt. He's yeah. he's the driving force. I am not negating anything that Bam can do on the court. Bam is tremendous. But when it comes to sure will and willpower, it's Jimmy. Yeah. He ha- it's like, you know, watching and <clears throat> I've I've said this a bunch on the pod already, but I- I'm never gonna forget when they're playing against Milwaukee and Jimmy scored, Jimmy gets Giannis on a switch goes at him or get him in drop or whatever goes at him mm-hmm. scores over him and he yelled he can't effing guard me right and i'm like a the the, the balls to do that over the defensive player of the year and the two-time mm-hmm. mvp and, and just to like just scream out into like the void of what was the orlando bubble right like this guy can't fucking touch me right I'm so good <laughs> And that's the attitude that he took into the finals. Because let's be honest, they couldn't guard him in the finals. The only person that could stop him was him. They they could not, they couldn't fuck with him. On His on, body yeah. put the limiter on him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He ran out of steam. He literally. I've never seen that. Like so literally somebody ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, because then it makes you wonder, you know, uh, Gorn at 95%. Bam at 95%. Gorn at 70%. Right. Like the, like, and, and then you have a fully healthy Jimmy. Imagine, imagine how the tables turn. I would even go as far as to say, let's say Bam had missed the whole series. I think if just Goron had played, mm-hmm. I think they, I know this might be crazy. I think that minimum goes seven. They just didn't have another ball hand. I mean, right. Tyler just completely wet the bed, which is, you know, a rookie. But a rookie. Yeah, let's. This is not a slight on him. Right. I thought Kendrick played pretty, pretty, pretty well, given you know the the he was thrust into an awful situation. Right. right? Like, hey, here by the way, play the Lakers and Anthony Davis. Uh, good luck. Uh, they they needed another ball handler, but I mean, like I said, like he's just a, a a full like it's it's sheer power of will. Right. That you watched that his that his spirit and his will and his fight just outpaced the physical limitations of his human body. Right. He's just built different. We, when you look at stars and the way they carry their teams, they're usually very prolific scores. You know, like that's literally what they, they can, you know, outside of LeBron who can get buckets. But when I, I mean like Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, like those type of players, they're prolific scores. He is not a prolific score. He can get buckets. You know, and, and that's just what it is. He's, I mean, like, let's look at the Minnesota years, because if you remember that 
that, that could be, he really only had one real season in, mm-hmm. in Minnesota. And that one season before he got hurt, they were the three seed in the West. In the yeah. Western Conference, that gauntlet, he was a, they were the three seed and he got hurt. And then they got matched up in round one against the Warriors. And that's just not fair. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. And he was also coming off injury. Yes. Just not the same guy. But right. I mean, the dude is a winner anywhere. I mean, he averaged 15 points in the playoffs that season, was out in five games. Like, he was just not himself. Right. Just hurt. Um, He's, a, I mean, like, he has won everywhere he's been. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, I was, um, I, was I listened to this podcast, um, and they were kind of making a joke where he's, like, always exactly third-team All-NBA. Like Jimmy Butler is never, uh, he's always just exactly third team all. He's like always like the tw- exactly the twelfth best player in the league. podcast it's called Round Ball Rock. By the way, they're very funny, mm-hmm. and and it's just that's kind of true, but it also like really undersells him because like he's always because he'll never he'll never get like twenty six a gaming. His career high in scoring is is twenty four, mm-hmm. right? One of those Chicago years. He's never gonna be that because he's just not gonna shoot enough threes. Right. He's just not gonna take enough shots. Right. Really. I mean, they're just. A, a distributor but i mean he does everything else on the basketball court that you want mm-hmm. um sometimes i wonder like you know it, it's it's kind of sucks he never got to play with like Dwayne wade in his prime that would have been really fun I right Dwayne's obviously the alpha score and jimmy kind of jimmy's like the perfect pippin mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like legit like uh but he's asked to be jordan here right and, uh they got him within two games of winning a championship so i mean you can't the the one thing I'll say, regardless of what happens with the rest of his tenure, he did something that no one expected him to do, except he expected to do it. He got them to the place where he knew he could get them. Did we know that? No, we didn't know. We were hoping for a good season, um, but he blessed us with something better. But that's the thing about him is that you know, regardless of what, you know, people say about him being a teammate, a bad teammate and this, that, or whatever, you can never discount what that dude does between the lines. It's crazy because like, I mean, I, I didn't even pick, I, I picked the books in five. Like I, I it's, it's a kind of a Twitter meme, but like I did, I, I mean, I, I went into that series being like, Miami can't guard them. Miami can't score on them. What are you talking about? And that's just kind of been his career, mm-hmm. kind of just doing these like, look what I'll do that you didn't think I can do. Right. right. And I, I think his career is pretty well documented. Um, that 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 decision that the Bulls made uh, is like really league altering mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I mean, they had a choice. They said, "Can we win with Jimmy Butler as our best player?" Right. And they had a choice, and they said, "Do we think that we can trade Jimmy for Zach Levine and stuff that we hope?" can become better than what we have. And I'm not knocking the Bulls for making that choice because it was tough. I mean, they're kind of, you know, it, 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 kind of like those Atlanta teams of the mid-2000s, right? Mm-hmm. Those Joe Johnson teams. It's like, you know, you have a good all uh, perennial all-star guy. You have some pieces, but like, are we really good enough? Right. And the Bulls decided that we're not. And obviously that's proven to be wrong. Um, he went to Minnesota and then the league has really changed since. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is such a, a breaking point in this modern NBA because now he ends up in Miami, kind of goes into to Minnesota, just really a doomed from the start kind of situation, uh, and then gets to Philly. They lose on a bounce right. to, to for the Raptors, and he he ends up here, and they make finals, and he's you know kind of I think cemented himself as a top ten player. And I 
I think it's kind of funny looking back on those. And, and by the way, Dwayne going to the Bulls mm-hmm. kind of greased the wheels for this to happen. And it's kind of funny how these small series of events that you can kind of look back on and like that, that's a fork in the road in the league. That was a trade that was legitimately one of the most important trades in the modern era that really set up for the really the modern landscape of not of the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely agree. It's so it's so funny because I thought about that the other day. It's where, you know, did they give up completely on Jimmy? You know, because I always wonder, did they give up completely on Jimmy or did Jimmy kind of say, you know what, maybe I should go elsewhere? There's a little bit of both. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like you can't knock them for making that trade, for seeing something in Zach and then being able to uh, think that they could fill out a roster and and get a little bit further. Um, but then it's also kind of like you had the diamond in the rough and you weren't able to fill out a roster around him. Yep. And and I'll say that, you know, last season I kept saying, and, and I'm, I mean, I'm going to throw egg on my face right now. I didn't want them to trade for Jimmy Butler because I said, well, Jimmy can't be your best player on a championship team. I, I believe that. I said, Jimmy can't. He, he can be your second best guy, maybe more comfortable with your third best guy. But I think as your alpha I think you need a better player than him. And I think, you know, kind of at his age with the Thibodeau miles, you know, you can't really be sure that, you know, he's going to come into this situation with a bunch of young players and, and unproven guys and really make yourself a winner. And also given their cap situation and all their stuff, you know, the, the, the line, the timelines, all, you know, all the stuff that basketball nerds say that that's being super wrong. Right. And even last year, Tiff, I was like, well, you know, they need a guy that's better than Jimmy, right? Like at the deadline, mm-hmm. I was like, and, and you know, they were what, like a f- three through four, three through five seed, right? Kind of hovering around that range. And I was like, they need a guy that's better than Jimmy. And I think the conversation has really changed because this year, I mean, we've, how many trades have we talked about? Right. We've not mentioned once that they need a guy better than Jimmy. It's right. like, okay, they just need a third guy, third or fourth guy. Yeah. And that, and, you know, and that's the thing. They can bring in someone that has um, a clear, better skill set than Jimmy, who's a little bit younger. But uh, realistically, um, he's just proven to be when it's crunch time, when the, when the spotlight is on, he just has another gear he can get to. On both ends. Um, yeah, on both ends. So, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't quite sure that he could be a number one, but, you know, he's, he, he's to everybody that he can. Like uh, Brian M. and Chad is asking, like, well, who, who would be better than him? And I'm just like, well, that's the thing. There aren't. Like, if. Right. Tiff, if, well, if there are players Beal, that are better in skill set. If they bring there, Bradley see, Beal, there's a different. I'm not sure that he's better. I. I <sighs> You know, we don't know because exactly. I think also also because what's around Bradley Beal. That's the other problem. We don't really know. But I mean, I'll be honest. There are plenty of players in the league that have a better skill set than Jimmy. But Jimmy has a better command of his skill set. If you understand what I'm saying. He's so acutely aware of his abilities. Right. And exactly. I, I, he doesn't go for home run plays. No, I don't think no. Sometimes he'll do a pull up three if he's really feeling himself or if they feel right. like they need it. But I think for the nine, nine times out of 10, he knows what his game is and he knows how to get to his spots. I think like it's really dissimilar from Wade because Dwayne would go for the home run plays, right? And Dwayne right. is uh, an ambitious player that 
I mean, honestly, like I, I think Steph is one of the only other guys that I think is as audacious as Dwayne, you know, what right. he would do even without a three point shot. Um, but I love that about Jimmy. It, there's something for a guy that has his intensity up to 10,000. Mm-hmm. There is a calming presence about watching him play basketball that I find really fascinating. Right. There's also, um, which no one ever talks about, but if you watch him play, there's a, he has a nurturing method to his game. You know? It, I it, okay. Okay. I, didn't I, know. I get what you mean. It's tough to articulate, but I, I get what you're saying. It's, and you know what's funny is like he would not have had that reputation if you had asked anybody about this after, even in the Philadelphia mm-hmm. season, right? I think that, I mean, maybe because maybe we weren't watching closely enough, but I mean, I think he would have, I mean, he certainly did not. He had a, a team killing reputation, right? Especially what he did. I could never see what he did in Minnesota, him do to this team. No. I just, I, I cannot fathom. No. Well, the, the makeup is different. You know, from top to bottom, the makeup is just distinctly different. Um, And there seems to be an element of trust, whereas he just got shipped to Minnesota. He didn't want to go. He didn't ask to go. He didn't he didn't get to pick. So there's also something to be said about being able to go where you want to go. And he wanted to be here. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really clear from when he was in Minnesota to here. Um, kind of a couple closing things before we kind of switch gears a little bit. Okay. You know, kind of some numbers, your favorite thing in the world. <laughs> um, and we mentioned this a little bit on Hangover Time, but I want to give it to the pod audience as well. And and I think this is something that we've monitored a lot here, uh, but I think it it bears repeating. When Jimmy Butler's on the court, it's been about 800 minutes uh, of him playing basketball this season. Uh, they are plus seven per 100 possessions, with a 113 offensive rating, which is about league average. And a 106 defensive rating, which is really good. Uh, when he sits, uh, they're minus seven with a 105 offensive rating, which is awful. And a 112 defensive rating, which is awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a 14-point swing right. when he plays and when he doesn't, you know, per 100 possessions. Uh, that is insane. I tweeted out earlier that him and Kelly Olenek are among the 10 best duos, you know, in terms of kind of lineup data in the league. Which is is funny, uh, Tiff. So I don't know if you know this little piece of Miami Heat beat lore, but when the Heat signed Kelly Olynyk, I made fun of him. We had uh, we had Clay Ferraro from a local channel ten on, mm-hmm. and I said, "Why did they sign this smelly hippie?" <laughs> I didn't like him. I didn't like that he hurt Kelly Oubre and then hid behind the referee in that Celtic series. <laughs> I was like, "This guy's the worst." Why did they get this smelly, dirty hippie? Um. So I, 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 I thought about that today when I looked at the lineup data and I was like, wow, Jimmy Butler really got the smelly hippie to a top <laughs> two playing at the level of Anthony Davis and Donovan and Rudy Gobert, right? Like Kawhi and Paul George, all these like all time great tandems. And, uh, I, I mean, I, my reaction was, well, you know, Jimmy's, Jimmy's a God, right? <laughs> Look what he did with this, this guy. My, my mom calls him Chivita Colorada, which is, <laughs> is a funny thing in Spanish. Uh, shout out to Twisted Tapioca for the for the Prime Sub for four months. We appreciate you very much for that support and everybody who supports us here at Miami Heat Beat. But I mean, just it's funny optically. Right. Kelly's a good basketball player. We're just we're just throwing some fun at him, but um, it's it's insane what he's doing. Just like not even the eye test, but the numbers. I think that like um, I I the last couple of weeks I've been on this this Kelly kick. I have been. You know, 
<laughs> the Kelly kick. Yeah. I mean, let's, it's, it's unfathomable. Like I would have never thought at this point of the season, I would just be like, Oh no, we can't move Kelly. We can't like all these things because he works so well with Jimmy. Like, well, obviously because they play X amount of minutes together. So the chemistry is there. And I think that it looks like Kelly just found his comfort and he's confident whether the shots are falling or not, because, you know, he has those games where he's hitting everything and then he has games where he hits nothing. But even when he's 0 for 5, he still gives you everything else. He's hustling on defense. He's crashing the boards. He's taking blocks. He's still very active within the system that the Heat are running. Um, and, and pretty much with him, that's all you can ask for. Shoot the open shot and just be active. That's really all you can ask for. I think what's really helped him, and, and I, I think this is a bit of an uncomfortable conversation that we need to have, is kind of how he looks without Bam. Mm-hmm. And they look good together. The right. three of them look good together. But the team looks really, really good when it's just Jimmy and Olenek. So Jimmy and Olenek without Bam, it's a plus 16 net rating. Mm. It's insane. Jimmy and Bam without Kelly Olenek is a minus 15 net Mm. rating. So they're getting thumped in those Jimmy and Bam without Olenek minutes, and they're destroying teams in Jimmy, KO without Bam. So I think that there's a couple things going on. I think one, I think Olenek's clearly good, right? And he's gonna he's helping the team. Mm-hmm. I think two, those Jimmy and Bam lineups without KO is a lot of Andre Iguodala at the four. Right. And that's been hard on their offense, but they close with that lineup because Andre is just that veteran guy that you that Spo really likes at the end of games. And credit to Andre, because I've been a big Andre fan and I know the numbers aren't very kind to him this season. Right. And that's kind of where you know, your your eye tests and the stats kind of diverge. I do think on offense he hurts you, but I do think that Andre has deserved minutes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, kind of that at the four has really hurt them. Um, and they don't really have anybody to substitute for Kelly Olinick when he doesn't play because they don't have a shooting big man. Right. Or a shooting kind of stretch guy who can pull out you know, when Jimmy's running pick and roll with Bam and Kelly's there, you know, that's an open lane, right? Mm-hmm. The screener's up with him with in the pick and roll and Kelly's out. Or when they run horns, which is one of their little pet plays where for the audience that doesn't know, um, when they have, when, when the ball handler has kind of two, the big men come and there's two screens and then one guy pops and the other guy's roll, uh, which the Heat also do a really fun inverted version. So right. check that out. That's like one of my favorite things that they run. But, you know, Kelly's great out of horns and they, they can flip horns into lots of their favorite things. And then they have Duncan off curls and all that. And that's not really possible with Andre or any other guy on their team. So right. I do think that they need something kind of to replace Olenek when he doesn't play. But I mean, the, the, the data and the eye test will tell you, like, they're really good when he plays. Right. He's just there. There has to be um, there's got to be a way for when Bam comes back to slip him into this offense that they're running because it's showing you, it can't just be all DHOs with Bam and Duncan. This, you know, when, when Bam's not in the game, there's so much more movement. So they just got to figure out a way to keep the movement going, but also keep Bam engaged in the game. I think that's supposed to, I think, 
I think they see this. I, I think they know. I mean, he's always been a guy that's not that that at some point in the season he realizes, okay, we have to make a change. Mm-hmm. I like that they run more pick and roll now. I like that they've really cooled in on the handoffs. And I think part of the reason why they were using handoffs so well last because it just worked. Right. And this year it's not. Right. And I think maybe, maybe <laughs> we were a little unreasonable in thinking Duncan can shoot 45% on contested threes again. Right. That might have been okay. He's not that guy. He's still really good. He's shooting almost 40% on like almost nine attempts. That's crazy, right? He's a good, he's a very good shooter. Um, maybe he, maybe he's not best in the league, uh, which is fair, right? right? We don't. Well, which know, is I also think- fine. He doesn't have to be best in the league. But um, as I keep saying, I do at, at some point for the offense to get back on track, he's got to, he's got to hit, got to hit more. And he he's, maybe I mean, he's shooting thirty nine percent this year, and last year he shot forty four point six. So yeah, but then like, what was he last night? Three of what was he from the I floor? Think, I think he was. I think he was literally the only good three point shooter. Uh, I know he had at least four threes because Eric Reed uh, loved to throw that little nugget. I'll pull that up for but, you right now. Yeah, Shout how many shots? Hero, how many shots did way. he take last night? So last night in a one hundred two ninety seven win against the Magic. Uh, Duncan Robinson, D. Robinson, had 14 points off four of 12 shooting from three. So that's 33%. I'd like to see him shoot less threes and get... He doesn't take that that mid-range. He's open for that mid-range a lot. He was taking it earlier in the season. I'm a little surprised that he he, Yeah, he didn't hit it with accuracy, but you know what? I'd like to see him keep taking it. I don't want to see him taking 12 threes. Especially when there's so many more open looks for him. I think he struggles when I mean Orlando was switching a lot yesterday, which I think is just a it's just an issue with them. And I think if you're gonna ask me like my main concern in the playoffs is like, okay, well, like when teams are switching your stuff, what do you do? And I know that Jimmy provides a solution to that. Um, but everywhere else on the floor you don't have those answers. Right. And they, you know, drive and kick is a very uh it's a, it's a very effective way to get guys open. It's so underrated. <laughs> they, I think at times, Spo tries to reinvent the wheel on how to get guys right. open. And I think that's good for the most part, but sometimes a good old... The simple plays. Yeah, just sometimes a simple play will get it done. Like They're one of the fewest isolation teams in the league, Tiff. And I think people shit on ISO a lot, but I mean, I like it because it's a low turnover play. You get the ball in the hands of your best player against a matchup that he likes and you let him work. And I think it's underrated for a lot of respects, but one of the ones it's that you can, you can kind of manipulate the floor the way you want mm-hmm. without having guys moving and allowing the defenses right. to switch. But the, the other reason that, you know, they don't do it often is because they only got Jimmy. Like Jimmy is really the only one that can actually make it fully work for the team. You know, I, none in some respects, but he's, you know, he's. He needs a very specific matchup uh-huh. to manipulate. Exactly. So Goron was a really good isolation player last year, but obviously he doesn't have the zip mm-hmm. that he did. And by the way, like that game against Chicago, that was incredible. That was all jump shots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like let's, let's, let's remember, I saw a lot of people going off and let's remember one thing. That was not getting from the high screen to the rim. That was a lot of I'm hitting shots and 
Yeah. Everything's going in. Yeah. I, There's a difference. Yeah. And, and, and that's the, um, <laughs> that's where I, that's why you kind of, you, you sit back and you know, that you need Goran. And then you see the next game where he doesn't really have any legs. So it's, it, it's all, you know, it's all bird in the hand <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> kind of action. <laughs> Karmic beat in chat is like, it was all jumpers and like. Seven. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you first had fadeaways, yeah. And, yeah. And really, at his size and at his age, if he's not right, that's the only way he can really make space. Mm-hmm. Well, but then the other thing is, at his size and his age, if he's not right, he expended everything he had in that game. He had three points yesterday. He was one. He had no legs. He was, I think he had like seven assists, if I remember correctly, seven or eight. He had eight. Yeah. yeah. He moved the ball, but he had no legs for a shot. He had, he missed like two or three threes in a row off of three months. Yeah. Off of, they got the offensive rebound. I remember in one possession, like three times, and Goran took two threes in that possession and missed both. He just had no legs. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball player strikes out when the bases are loaded. The best golfer sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping, and the whole process is discreet and straightforward. Get Getting started is simple. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete the online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 to get $15 off your first month. Look, that's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get to roman.com slash heatbeat21. Go get started to save $15 on your first month of treatment. So I, I watched the basketball <laughs> games with my mother and she was screaming, why do they keep getting it to him? What are they doing? And then when they got, I think after the third offensive rebound and kick out, she just threw her arms up and she goes, they need to hire me. They need to, they need a reality check. She was just pissed.
I was like, I don't know. I think it's a good shot. <laughs> He's open. Let him take it. Like, as it, you know. Uh, but but that's a play where I think that if he was a little healthier, mm-hmm. that's a hard dribble. Oh yeah, a pump, even paint. a pump fake into the mid range if he wanted to. But he force a rotation. Yeah, he didn't have it. Get. He didn't, and and it's it's expected. He didn't have it. So, um, you know, he made the plays where it counted with his passing. You know, because he knew he didn't have it. Um, but I just would, I'd, I'd like to see him healthy. And, and none didn't give him a lot yesterday either, which kind of, no. kind he of re- made the need for Goron. It's like, you kind of look down the bench and you're like, well, we need somebody to, to help we, us. They didn't look at Gabe Vincent. That surprised me. And, and the precious thing has been weird. And, and I'm usually for you know, guys losing their rotation spots if they're not, like, producing. Mm-hmm. I do think with a young guy like Precious, you get him out of a rhythm, and I don't know if that's particularly good for him, and I don't know what Chris Silva gives you that is so, like, okay, I really need to play this guy over our, you know, right, presumably future starting forward or center, right? Right. Maybe there's something there, you know, you don't know what's happening at practice. You don't, you know, you don't know. So there's definitely probably something, something underlying there. And it's also kind of like, you know, was he going to size when he went to Silva? Did he think that, you know, or did Spo just have like a a gut check moment? Something just said, you know what? Give Chris some minutes. I... It's funny because like at, at center is where they have like their youngest rotation. Mm-hmm. They have like two guys under 24 years old. Like those aren't the guys that you need to like rest, right? I mean, well, Bam with, with the knee, obviously. Maybe this might be, hey, Bam can't come in and play 35 minutes. So we need yeah. to play him 24 and we don't want to play Precious, the other 24. So maybe we can get 12 minutes out of Chris. Let's see what we got. Right. Maybe that's it. It could be. And you know what? For what it's worth, like he was he he hasn't been spectacular, but he hasn't been horseshit. So it's <laughs> he's been I he's been I <laughs> we still won the game. So on, let me, I, I haven't even I haven't even checked this. What are what are Chris Silva's lineup? I'm, you know, I'm going to do J- Chris and Jimmy Butler so I can filter out all those bad games. OK. <laughs> All the all the COVID games. Right. Okay, so Chris Silva, uh, without Jimmy, he's a plus two, and with Jimmy, they're plus thirteen. Okay, okay. So getting... See, he he hasn't been, he hasn't been horseshit. <laughs> uh, Jimmy without Chris Silva is plus fifteen. That's just like all the minutes that they play. <laughs> right. with they're good players. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it's funny to look at this because you know any game that Chris Silva has played with Jimmy, it's been recently, and like all the number, all of the numbers are plus. Right. If they both sit, if one sits, because they're they're good now. Right. <laughs> they're play- I, I think it's Tiff. I think it's so funny that you know we would we go. By the way, check us out on Locker Room. We do it. We do it twice a week. Normally after game days, we tweet about it a lot. Tiff and Siobhan and, and Jack did one this morning. Um, but you know, usually after games, we kind of talk to you guys, the listeners. Um, kind of get in, talk to us, call us in, like old school sports mm-hmm. radio, right? And I feel like after wins, sometimes we're really negative because <laughs> we just <laughs> look at like, oh man, you know, Goran don't look healthy. Oh, bam, are we? Are we? How concerned are we? Um. They're fun to cover again. They're fun to talk about right. again. They're fun to watch. Well, for the most part, I think they'll go through some some offensive spells that are not very fun to watch. But it it's fun and like kind of looking ahead to Bam. Bam was probable 
for tomorrow. Uh, I believe it's against Cleveland. I have a back-to-back Cleveland, then uh, Memphis, which I think it's weird that he's probable on I'd the re- front end of the Right. I'd rather see him rest one more game and then come back for the Memphis game. And Memphis is better, and they have better bigs, and yeah. I'm not particularly worried about Cleveland. So I hope that's a decision they make to kind of keep him uh, rested and but I, I thought that was kind of strange. I saw Avery Bradley. It's questionable too. Mm. Uh, Spolster has done this in the past where when they get two guys coming back, they'll split them. Right. So one guy will play the front end and the other guy will play the back end. Um, Avery's been good. I mean, we could talk a little bit about Avery and Bam coming back. I mean, that, that gives them um, a dimension on defense that they don't have. I think if Avery can legit be a decent spot-up shooter like he's been, and mm-hmm. he's been a good spot-up shooter this year, um, I think that that helps their offense and their defense. I don't, they don't ask their guards to do a lot in their sets. They just have to move or spot right. up. Right. Um, so I think Avery can certainly give them something if he can stay on the court and right. on defense. I think, you know, we, we know he's. Yeah, he I'd, a, I'd a like to see him um, <laughs> somewhere in the near future. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so, I'd like to see him, period. I'd, like, even to, on the yeah, bench. I'd like to see him. <laughs> I definitely, he? because. The, you know, there's an element to this game that this team could use, and that's the, his defense. You know, like and the shooting. I mean, his I, shooting. I don't, I don't think that's a small thing. Oh I no, no, I'm not. I'm not minim- minimizing his shooting, but I just am. You know, I don't like seeing guards going at none with a full head of steam. <laughs> Me neither. So, so or it, even with a half head of steam. Right. <laughs> it's tough out there. He's trying his best. Right. No, he is. But you know, you know, there's a better defender on your bench, you want, you want them in there. Um, you know, cause I, I think I said on locker room also, when someone was asking about trading him, I said, well, it'd be nice to see what you got in him before you trade him. So, I mean, there was an athletic report today or yesterday that contenders quote unquote have uh, interest in Avery Bradley. I thought it was funny for a couple of reasons. I mean, he's been, his numbers when he's played, like the shooting numbers have been really good. Mm-hmm. And I think defensively, you know, he's, he's good and he has a, a reputation, but that, that really surprised me that like, like, what is it like Denver or something? Right. Like, like who is it? Calling? I would move him. I mean, honestly, like if somebody off, I mean, if it's a team like Denver that has an excess of wings and they're like, Hey, we'll give you a wing for your guard. I, I I'd probably take that mm-hmm. uh, just cause I don't think Avery provides the zip that you want from your guards. And I think you just kind of got to hope none plays better. And if you can get kind of a guy to play a little four, even if he's undersized, I think you take that. But I'd kind of be interested in who would want him. It wouldn't be the Lakers. I don't think it'd be any of the teams in the East would be asking for him. No, it's probably a Western conference. Denver makes sense. Yeah. Denver Denver wanting him makes sense to me. Utah wouldn't. The Clippers. I could I see the kinda, I could see that because they who do who do they run out? They run out they run um, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Um uh and, and Beverly. Beverly, Lou Will. That's who they think a defensive minded yeah. guy would make sense. But I think they want more of like a creator and a passer from their point guard position because like that's kind of been the narrative with them right. is they need an organizer. And I don't know if, if Avery's that guy. No, he's definitely not that guy, but I feel like if if they know they're not in on like a Kyle Lowry sweepstakes or something like that, you still need to fill those holes that they have. So somebody in chat, uh, Curtis Hero said Avery could net you a late first. There's no way Avery nets you a, a late first. 
No. Which honestly, if he could, I mean, this is not an organization that trades they players don't, for picks. Yeah, ever. they're not interested in that. Yeah. I would like if they did more. <laughs> but I mean, this could be a situation where they, they can move Avery. I mean, if you can get a second or two seconds for Avery, I think they I think replenishing again, this is not how they operate, but right. if replenishing their asset bin a little bit would help if you plan to make a trade this this deadline because they really only have a 2022 second and a 2024 first so if they can if they can kind of get a couple if they can get a first i mean i think you do that in the second right if you can get two seconds i think i think you have to take a meeting i think if you're pat and andy and spo i think you got to talk about it right and see well what what are our plans you know i mean yeah we you know it's not a sexy thing to say right but i think it's certainly Given the reality of their situation, right. I, no. I do think it's at least worth a conversation. No, but I always say if you got five guards, you got none. Man, <laughs> you need them. I mean, you, got, you, I, I think- you have too many. You, we've got, you know, we've got too many and they don't really have a specific role. Everybody's trying to do everything. So at, so- at some point, they got to filter it out and who who's playing and who's not playing. So chat saying that, um, that Sam Amico reported that Portland and Milwaukee are interested in him. I, I'd be surprised if they traded him to Milwaukee. And yeah, I don't really, and what are you going to get? Bucks... And what are you going to get from them? Portland is interesting. Now, now they're getting, uh, I think they're getting CJ McCollum back soon. I read somewhere. Maybe I misread that. Don't, don't quote me on that. But I mean, <laughs> if Portland, <laughs> trade Derek back and they would not trade Derek no, back no they're really not trading that. Derek back Derek's been I'm so happy for him by the way yeah. like, small no aside. I am too I like I um, like him it's such a good situation for him because they really you know he's there to fill the lanes be athletic mm-hmm. he's really allowed to be himself and I think it's tough because here playing with Jimmy and Bam who are non-shooters right makes life a little tough for him but over there they have a little bit more firepower on the perimeter in terms of outside shooting so it kind of lets him play his game a little more. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm really happy for him. He's a, he's a good kid. Yeah, I feel I say kid. I'm older than these people. Now. <laughs> That's kind of crazy to me. Like I'm, I'm 20 years old, and like not that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still young, but like it, it feels weird to look at guys. Oh yeah, it's 24 year old. Well, the, look at Tyler. They're, they're kids. He's, <laughs> Tyler looks like a kid though. Yeah, he does. Like he looks like he looks. He, like he legit. He legit looks like he wears a backpack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He just turned 21. <laughs> it's crazy. So it's spring break here in Miami. Unfortunately, we've been overrun with spring breakers. <sighs> and, uh, so I work I work in construction. I, I do construction inspections for a civil engineering firm. And I uh, I had a project on the beach. So I, I went to go do my inspections. And I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to detour my way out through ocean, through Washington. I want to see what's going on. Oh, my God. They're kids. They're like, they all look like they're 17 to 19 years old. And I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. Where are your parents? <laughs> There's a disease out in the streets. They don't care. They don't care. They don't they're care here. about that. Yeah. They're here to have fun on, on Washington or whatever. Exactly. They don't give a damn. <laughs> they don't give a damn. Um. So last thing. So they... um. I, I want to get your thought. This is this is what we're going to close with. Okay. Uh, kind of a funny thing for me to close with with you, but there we're not doing a pod until Thursday. The return of Justice Winslow mm-hmm. on Wednesday. How I don't know what you think of Justice. Now we're obviously big fans. Uh, we love Justice. We know Brass and Leif wrote the song, right? We we have the whole 
propaganda machine and right. we love him. He's great. We love him. I don't know how you feel because he's a very polarizing figure. I I like him. Um I never never felt like a love feeling per se about him. I like him. Um I I his overall skill set, you know, is the type of skill set that would be perfect on this team right now, obviously. Um the defense, the ball handling, the ability to rebound. Um you know, he does all those things very well. Passing. <laughs> yeah, the passing. Yeah, he does all, all those things very well. Um, I don't know. I guess. Just can't hit a layup. And that, and I think for me, that's where I'm always, I always felt like, oh, I just need a little more. I just need a little more. Need him to tighten up that game just a little bit more. Hit the, you know, hit the mid-range jump shot. Like, I just needed a little more. Um yeah, I just was never fully enamored um, by him. And I mean, I've seen him, I, I've seen him play live numerous times uh, at the Garden in Brooklyn. Um, but I just, I never, um, never, never got it. Never felt it. I loved him. I, I wish he, I wish he was here. Um, I, I do get why, I, you, I've said this on Twitter, like, once you once you make the finals, you never have to apologize for the decisions that you make. Right. You give your team a chance to win. The reason why we play these games, um, they don't the the Heat don't have to say that they're sorry. Right. Uh, I am sad that I do like him and I do think that he's good. But I mean, it's it's disingenuous for me to sit here and say that you know what you're what you're saying. I mean, he's you're right. There were flaws in his game, and we hitched our wagon to him uh, right. real hard. And I like him. Like personally, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed talking to him in the locker room. I really enjoyed him, like as a person, him and Josh. Really, I mean, I've, I've said this before that you know that was really the first team that we ever covered full time, mm-hmm. the the Rook One Rook Two year. Um, so you know, we'll always he had heat beat, especially the old heads here, Jack Brass, right. Christian, myself, Alf. We we're always gonna have an affinity to, to Josh and Justice, but I always it, just kind of felt like when it came to those two, um someone saw something I didn't see. Um, as I, Cause I, I thought they were good players, but I, I always thought that they were role players. I never thought they would, they would be the number one or number two option on a team. And it seemed to me that someone thought they were, or thought they could be groomed to be. And um, I don't know. And I always kind of felt like maybe that was also something that kind of held them back because the expectations that were put on them, you know, were, were too heavy. The, the, you know, the weight was just too heavy for, come on. Like, I, like, honestly, I could say I love Jay Rich, but like, I love Jay Rich being Jay Rich running the floor and doing all these other things. I don't want him handling the ball, you know, 60% of the game. Like he's not the guy I want doing those things. So I know for for us, I think that our kind of position on Winslow has been really misconstrued because, I mean, we've said on this, but, and I even said, I go, I think the comp for me, I was like, what I would like him on the high end to be is like Iguodala mm-hmm. on, not Sixer Iguodala, right? You know, Warriors Iguodala, right. kind of like that really good defender, mm-hmm. not a great shooter, but good enough that you're not like Andre now is like different than Andre and Golden State, right? Right. Like Andre like legit, nobody cares about him. But in, in the Warriors, 
you know, he was at least he could at least hit some shots right. to make you pay. So I was like, well, Justice can do some handling, elite defender. I mean, we saw him guard LeBron mm-hmm. like, you know, amazingly and in the play like like in the regular season. Um so I mean, I know for us, and I don't think anybody really said that Justice was going to be like this amazing player. I do think the Justice better thing got a little out of control. <laughs> um obviously, you know, I'm first time I'm saying this publicly. Right. Devin Booker is better than Justice. I <laughs> I was the last holdout. Right. Um, but we're here. Uh Josh was the guy I actually had more kind of offensive hopes for. Um, but I don't think he's just gonna be that kind of guy who right. can really grind out pick and roll after pick and roll and really guide an offense. But they both of them would be great here as role players, let me tell you, as right. fourth and fifth guys. <laughs> <laughs> no it's true but every you know you look at it and say everything happens for a reason you don't make that trade and then all of a sudden justice is out for the year and you've got injuries you don't you don't sniff the finals if you don't no, make they, that trade. they did the right thing yeah. they did the right thing um and andre's been really good this year to back that up as well yeah. like even the extra year i mean he's been awesome for them uh so like i said you never you never have to say you're sorry and they parlayed a second round pick into jimmy butler right i mean that's that's at the end of the day exactly come on you you couldn't ask for more and they traded justice who was a lottery pick for a guy in andre who you know i think they knew would be able to guard Kawhi leonard or lebron james in a playoff series mm-hmm. and Giannis and all these guys and jason tatum and, and a guy like jay crowder that really was a key part in a finals run so right they don't have to say they're sorry i'm sad that it ended so bad with justice i mean if you remember justice got the concussion mm-hmm. in denver and never played again right and he had a series of injuries, and I know that, you know, it's been it was pretty publicly nasty how mm-hmm. they, you know, I think that they probably wanted him to play when he felt that he shouldn't have played, and they thought, you know, I think, I think in a way, Udonis and, um, and Zoe might have set an unfair precedent for other guys in right, the future, right? Um, and Justice is not like those guys. Justin's more Kyrie than he is Udonis, mm-hmm. and that's not a bad thing. No. That's just who he is. No, so it, it's unfortunate that it ended that it ended that way. And this is not a, a game in Miami. Um, I hope that, I don't know when they play in Miami. I think it's later in the season. I hope that they can have more fans in there and it's safe. Uh, Cause I, I really hope that justice gets a warm kind of welcome back. Mm-hmm. But if you do want to watch that game with heat beat, we are doing a live watch party. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon page. I'm going to throw that link in our chat. And if you're a podcast listener, you go to patreon.com slash Miami heat beat. Uh, it's in the $10 tier, and if you are a $10 patron, you have the access to join us for a virtual watch party for Heat Games. So hang out with me. I think Alf committed to come in, Siobhan, too. Some some of your favorite Heat Beat people are going to be there. You can watch the game. We're going to get you hooked up on Discord. Just let us know, and, and, and you'll have all the instructions and information. And uh, it's cool. It's like, you know, during these times of COVID, you know, it's not really safe for us to do watch parties at a bar like we used to. Uh, but we thought this would be a really fun way to kind of connect. And listen, you could just... You can hang out at home and pop a beer open, eat your own food, right? You would have spent more money if you went to a bar anyway. So uh, hang out at home, hang out with us. We'll be on a voice call. We'll watch the whole game with you. Um, Alf will yell at me for sure. I will say some, <laughs> I'll, I'll have some take and Alf's going to make fun of me and we're all going to have a good laugh and good time. So please check that out and check out all their offerings at the Patreon as well. We have a newsletter that just dropped today, Um, kind of a little bit of a round table asking us kind of, you know, what we think of the second half of the season. My personal newsletter drops in, uh, I think, a week, which is more like a statistical one with kind of some numbers and some trends to look at. Um, we have a lot going there. So check it out, patreon.com slash Miami Heatbeat or click the link in chat. We also have merch. 
Uh, I'll throw that link in, in, in the chat as well uh, to buy some of our shirts, miamiheatbeat.myshopify.com. It's a mouthful. I will get better at saying these links. So check out all our offerings uh, and all our, our places. We really appreciate all the support, guys, uh, from, from the Twitch audience. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. I mean, we don't talk directly to you all the time. <laughs> Uh, but honestly, like it means a lot that you guys are consuming our content. And and I mean, I never wanted to put the pot on YouTube because I thought that it would never it would cannibalize the downloads. And I've been I've been nothing but wrong about that. Uh, the downloads have been better than ever. And the YouTube audience is growing in a way that makes me very happy. So thank you. If you're watching on YouTube and you're not subscribed to the channel, subscribe. Our videos often outperform our sub count. Uh, change that. Be involved. Subscribe so you can know when we do it, and it helps us a ton. You don't understand, um, and we appreciate it. Thank you guys for everything. Ashmeet Smoltik in chat says Twitchers greater than YouTubers. No, we're all friends here. We got to get along. <laughs> come on, Smeetan. Come on. Shout out to Smeetan always in chat. Uh, and check that out. Hangover time tomorrow after the game. After every game, Tiff will be there. Alf will be there. Uh, and the weird Alf pregame show, the WAP. Uh, that's before every game. Uh, Jack Alfonso, longest tenured he beat co-host other than brian and myself uh so jack finally has his show and it's really good tiff have you watched any of it i have i'm i think i'm on on wednesday so oh, let's go yeah <laughs> uh that that's gonna be a fun one uh oh that's a justice one that's, that's exciting uh we have a special guest for hot for hangover time that wednesday too it's a surprise we will tell you the day of uh i'm just gonna say it's uh it's somebody that you guys it's a legend we a legend is coming on and uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy that. Get ready. So, get ready. It's, it's big. Carney uh, B is asking, is it justice? Uh, listen, with all, with all the DTDs uh, that justice has, it might well be. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.